Hey everybody, I'm Shawnee Constant. And I'm Chizuck Bean. And we are here with that other guy. <laughs> Alright, Mr. Mr. Bean. <laughs> so we interviewed uh, comedian Big Tim Murphy about a month ago, mm-hmm. but for a whole bunch of reasons, none of them which had to do with our guest today, Big Tim Murphy this audio didn't go out and uh, I'm not sure that we're going to promise anything going forward but in the interest of uh, old business uh, before new business fair which goes back to the Adams family you need that drop Mr. Bean needs to grab that drop old business before new business are you nuts? uh sorry I don't know no 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 I I just don't think I'm getting audio on these I didn't check that I'm a person like everybody else. I'm a normal human being. You're not. No, it's there. I'll level eight it so it doesn't matter really. I do not shake disgusting hands. There you go. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. Kabowie! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everything seems to be working. There we go. uh, Oh, in the interest of old business, before new business, uh, one of our um, lieutenants in our faction. Uh, the champ had uh, I on our I have a group called the Wrestle Palace Weird Shop, which is where I do most of my critical thinking, and uh, that's what you call it. Yes, the champ said, uh, "Oh, it, there was uh, one particular Bernie meme, and I push them all to the side because I'm not I'm sharing memes for meme's sake, not the politics of it all. Right. I have very strong uh, and uh, emotional, personal, political beliefs, but that's just not what I'm about here. Right." And he asked if, if we could get uh, some Bernie drops. And I said, no, but I suppose that we could find some uh, Larry David drops. Which is almost just as good, if not better. And I found actually a few good ones. I think that the uh, you know the idea of uh, shaking hands in professional wrestling has a profound history, right? Because you, you're supposed to sure. shake the hand of the veteran before you and in a show of respect. It's good sportsmanship. Absolutely. Uh, But also, we're sort of hitting this time with all this uh, coronavirus talk. Where you don't want to shake any hands. Right. And I found this sequence where he was talking about... uh, I do not shake disgusting hands. That's fair. I'm not sure what we're going to use it for, but I have a feeling that something's going to fall in line. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And then I got a few just randos that... MJF probably has some pretty disgusting hands. I wouldn't shake that hand. Are you kidding? He's clean as fuck. You get everything mixed up. It's so weird to me. I do not get it. I'm a person like everybody else. I'm a normal human being. You're not! You're not! <laughs> I do like that lady. You're not! I'm a person like everybody else. I'm a normal human being. You're not! <laughs> I think my favorite one, though, is, uh, and this is one that we're going to use uh, in satire when I want to just drop a silent uh, bomb on somebody who is not over with me, despite whether or not they're over with anybody else. Okay. And that is... Uh, I have no popping experience. I... <laughs> he has no popping experience. No popping experience. no popping experience. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> That's pretty good. I dig that. Oh, man. So I hadn't watched wrestling in, like, 
I don't know, a month, six weeks. One of the great mysteries before he left was what Eric Rowan had in his cage. Yeah. And we finally got to see what Eric Rowan has in his cage. Yes. Did you see what Eric Rowan has in his cage? I did. It's a giant animatronic spider. Wait, wait. A giant animatronic what? A giant animatronic spider. Right, exactly. So uh, that's apparently now whenever we talk about Eric Rowan, we need to make sure. He is that, our hero. We need to make sure that we mention his giant animatronic spider. So there you go. He's the new Darby Allen. I like turtle. So are you in favor of the animatronic spider or are you down on thumbs up or thumbs down, sir? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And he is our hero. At first, I was like, what the fuck? Get rid of. But I honestly think that it uses the Jake the Snake thing where you have an animal, a vicious uh, animal. Spider. Spider. Right. But you don't have to actually deal with the ASPCA at all because it's not actually an animal. Uh, that's a very reasoned way to look at it, I suppose. I like a good practical effect, so I am also into it. But sure. I've seen a lot of pushback from the old... Uh, internet wrestling community the IWC yeah. there's been a whole lot of Just stop whole lot of get rid of but I'm more of a I promise not to kill you kind of guy when it comes to the uh spider no I absolutely uh I, I, I am appreciative of this but there's a lot more things to be angry about of in the, professional wrestling of the what spider Right. I'm, there are a lot more things to be upset about when it comes to professional wrestling 2020, especially in the last seven goddamn days, than uh, Eric Rowan and his... We love you, Spider. Yeah, oh, that's fine. No, you have to say Spider, and then I... Oh, and then you do it? Yes. I thought I'd leave the No, you're the not... Thing. No, no. Look, it's a new bit. You didn't explain any of this to me. You sprung this on me, and I'm having as much fun with it as you are, but uh, I, I like the spider. I promise not to kill you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Spider. <laughs> All right, that was fun. I don't know if we're ever going to write more bits. I don't know if we're ever going to interview more people, but we do have this interview uh, with my friend. Comedian Big Tim Murphy. Yeah, and a fun interview as well. He was a ton of fun to talk to. He's great. He's a guy who I think that we would enjoy more and more if we were able to have uh, further conversations with him. And I hope he... He's leading a very interesting life. And as you'll hear me say during this uh, particular interview, every time I ask him a question, the answer just leads to more questions. Yes. In in the best way possible. All right, everyone. This is uh, our interview with comedian Big Tim Murphy. They're doing penis thrust on the wrestling show. Do you have all your guests meet you at the dog park, Craig? Or Craig fucking <laughs> Craig fuck. is the bot. <laughs> That's fine. I sometimes I think I'm a robot when I get real fucked up. I worry that everyone else is too. Um no, I don't have everybody always meet me at the dog park. I just happened to be at the dog park because uh, I was having a comedy show at the laundromat by my house. And I was going to have people at my apartment later. And my dog can be kind of wild. So I wanted to get her tired. So I had a guy give me a ride up there. Um, me and the dog. We've been talking to Big Tim here for five minutes. And every question I ask is like a Pandora's box. 
Mm-hmm. Like he answers it with something I immediately have another question about. There's a you do comedy shows at the laundromat. No, I did a comedy show at the laundromat. Is it an actual laundromat? Yeah, no, I don't know why. You, no, I, I, man, yeah, it's an actual laundromat. Uh, you just have to take me at face value on things I say, or else we're gonna get okay. No, that's that's fine. Like I said, it's just that, like, I'm I'll ask one question, I'm just trying to save you some time. No, I just, I'll ask one question, and then you'll be like, I did con- accommodate the laundromat. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, that was <laughs> yeah, the thing. You want to ask about the dog birthday. part, but then there's the laundromat. I think. Right. What what Chuck is saying is that up here in the north, we do not understand a professional raconteur. The, the, the professional raconteur that is the southern gentleman. And meeting you, Tim, I think that you are the, um, the spinning image of the roaming community-oriented Southern gentleman. You you speak plainly, and you like to be spoken to plainly. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you ain't got to call me sir or nothing. I work for a living. <laughs> um, there's a laundromat by my house, and uh, Sonny will tell you it's a pretty cool little laundromat. You can walk to it from my place. Yeah. And uh, one day I was up there, and the owner happened to come in, and I got to talking to him, and I asked him if I could do a show there. And he said yes, and I gave him my number, and I told him, you know, hey, give me a call. Because he doesn't use a smartphone. He's got a flip phone. Because I guess he used to be a rock star back in the day. And now he's, like, trying to decompress. That's why he's got this tiny little laundromat. And uh, he uh, he said, yeah. But he never really got back to me. But I already started playing in the show. So I just had a birthday party. And then had the show at the laundromat. And I had people meet me at the laundromat. And... Fun enough, he showed up while we were there and gave us permission after we started. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, awful gentlemanly of the owner to let you continue. And a great show. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really think he had a choice at that point, you know, because I was doing my laundry at the time, and, and there was a lot of whiskey. There was just so much whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's, he's in show business. He understands like once the show is on and you've got a crowd, like you don't want to just dissipate it and you don't want to be the, you don't want to be the narc and be like, Hey, you guys can't be here. Plus I got a, uh, I got a 20 and quarters out of the vending machine and I was just having people get stuff out of the snack bar, like the, the vending machines. So I cleaned out his vending machine. Oh, I'm sure you appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, he did. And and when I go in there, not so much while I'm dieting right now, but uh, before I was dieting, I'd go in there when I do my laundry and I'd, because I want this little thing to stay open. It's been open for a long time. It's like a 50 year old laundromat in a small little town outside of Orlando that is famous for a, a college. It's a private arts school. So it's a cool little laundromat, right? And uh, I spend a lot of money in there when I do my laundry on, on snacks and sodas and stuff to try and keep it open. But uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. I, it must have been. Oh, I had a blast. <laughs> well, some of my neighbors came. Some comedians came. Some fans of mine came. Um, so we had a very cool little mix. And then when it was over, we all just walked back to my apartment. And we hung out and we drank another bottle of whiskey. Well, that sounds like a fabulous time. Now, how did you get into stand-up comedy, Tim? I, you know, I kind of always had been doing bits without realizing it when I was a kid. You know, you tell the same story over and over again. And uh, I just can't help but make be funny, you know. And my cousin did it in the early 90s, or my cousin's husband. And he, uh, you know, I didn't really want to be a stand-up. But then I started messing around with it when I was about 18, 19. I was like, I, I want to be a stand-up. So we went to an open mic, and uh, I didn't go up. And then I went back up uh, two years later, and then hilarious ensued for the last 10 years to various levels of success. 
what are uh, what are what are some of the big moments you've had so far in your career? Uh, I mean, I did. Uh, I had a comedy festival that I put on. The Orlando Indie Comedy Fest. We did that in uh, three years. That was a pretty big deal. I brought some big names down. I uh, haven't really opened for as many, you know, like actually any real big famous people, you know. I've done uh, some people from the Daily Buzz back in the day. I've, uh, I don't know, what's his name? Um, I've done some things with some people, like Nick DiPaolo. Did a show with Nick DiPaolo years ago. Uh, got into the 2013 Comedy Central South Beach Comedy Festival semifinals or whatever. Nice. But that's not particularly impressive because no one from Comedy Central ever saw me. And uh, it didn't do anything for me. This is that grind, right? Like, who wants to keep the grind and who wants to be putting themselves out there all the time? It's very challenging. I'm finding that as we're getting this podcast world off the ground is that I'm a private person who can be entertaining when I'm talking publicly. Uh, yeah. But it's a lot of inner work to separate those two people, right? Like, for me to put myself on all the time, I find to be challenging, there's some of that, and I just uh, well, I got out of the club stuff a few years ago, and I've just been I've done stuff. I'm just tired and high, so and I'm also trying to think of things that people that aren't from Florida or aren't from the South would have heard of. You know, um, I, I go on Tom and Dan a mediocre time a lot. That's a pretty big podcast. I did they come out of the morning radio world? They did, kind of. Uh, they were they were on a morning show, and then the morning show guy tried to get him fired. It was a whole thing. Then got one of them fired. But the Dan, he comes from actually, he did a like overnight radio with a guy down here. Okay. And it was a real big show. And then he went to the morning show. So it really doesn't, they kind of came out of morning radio, but yeah. But yeah, weird radio politics. Yeah. all oh, super weird. <laughs> um, super weird. And I mean, I've done like, I've, uh, I've done some short, a short film thing that's been in a bunch of like uh, film festivals on the second tier of film festivals or whatever, you know, for shorts. But uh, nothing, you know, I'm real famous here. I ain't real famous nowhere else. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're locally famous. You're local celebrity. Something like that. I Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was always a supporter. I remember, uh, and this may, you, you may think about this differently now. But speaking of being online friends, uh, when I left my job a couple of years ago, I had a certain amount of money in my back pocket. And you mentioned the idea of setting up a festival called the Big Tim Murphy Blows Off $1,000 in Fireworks Festival. And I offered yes. I offered to uh, support that financially because I really believed in the, the mission. <laughs> yeah. Now that you've seen me show up, do you realize that if you would have embraced that, we would be on like the fourth Big Tim, third or fourth Big Tim Murphy gets to blow off a thousand dollars in fireworks annual event by now. I didn't know we'd be on the fourth one. I was worried you might do the first one. And, uh, <laughs> the thing is, because sometimes people will offer to do that kind of stuff, and you gotta take them that they will. And uh, I'm sponsored by a fireworks place down here called Pyro Spot. It's a seasonal tent. Uh, you actually hung out in the Pyro Spot studios there, Sonny. So I could have got a lot of fireworks for a thousand dollars, but I honestly don't even remember that bit. But that sounds like something I need to bring back for Fourth of July. Uh, I think that's actually what I'm going to do for Fourth of July. I think now that I think about it, when you were doing the uh, poking the bear podcast, it was sort of one of the throwaway lines. And oh yeah, yeah, phrased it specifically as I'm going to do an event and I'm going to call it Big Tim Murphy blows off thousand dollars in fireworks. And I was like, yes. 
that. Exactly yeah. <laughs> that. Like you don't need any other promotion. We just need the venue and the organization to keep it sane, right? The security or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm a big fan of just uh, of just being upfront, and we don't need to be, uh, you know, we don't need showy names for things. And uh, plus, coming to that, that'd be fun as hell. I'm actually going to probably set that in motion this year. I would love that if that happened, and you can. Well, I got a day job now too, so I can <laughs> I can chip in. I'll get I'll get a yeah I'll get Hudchuck to kick in. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> can you imagine that you go to Big Tim Murphy shoots off thousand dollars in fireworks, and it's like anything but that. It sounds like a great indie wrestling event. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> like you have a death match at the end. While the match is going on, Big Tim Murphy has a thousand dollars in fireworks to fire at the at the ring. <laughs> like bottle rockets. I know. That yeah, that's a great uh, hardcore event, by the way. A great hardcore event. But you don't want to do that year one because you're, you're, that's that's some real hurdles in terms of you know uh, legal stuff. Yeah. First sure. time you want to just be able to blow off the fireworks in a crowd without yeah. having without killing anybody. Get that out of the oh, way. Yeah. Then bring in the carnies. I definitely have to talk to Hudchuck first, which is my personal attorney, Joseph Hudchuck at Ticketbusters, uh, before I did lighten a thousand dollars with fireworks at people. Because, <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's clarify this before we get to back on the track and all. Is a thousand dollars retail or a thousand dollars what I can get for a thousand dollars worth of fireworks? So, coming from the professional wrestling world, I'm Carney. So, a thousand dollars can mean whatever we want. <laughs> okay. Because I can probably get a lot of fireworks for a thousand dollars for a festival. Um, See, I think you go retail, for, especially for the first year, and that way you've got room to grow. Smart. True. True. Smart. True. That way, it's all true. about scalability, Tim. Yep. I've been listening to these uh, evil capitalists, and that's what I'm. One of the things I've learned: it's all about scalability. If you look at uh, NWA wrestling, Chuck, uh, the first year or the first six months, they had one set of bleachers right and then they had a pay-per-view and they added a second set of bleachers so you know they have twice the audience inside that room <laughs> they scaled they doubled their their income damn do they really get a second bleachers only after the first pay-per-view yeah but they they are starting super small because they're living off of the tradition of the old school atlanta okay. NWA, which you probably are familiar with on some level as from being a kid right a little bit i didn't watch a lot of wrestling as a kid uh but my friends did and I watched briefly for a couple of years during the, uh, the attitude era and all like, uh, when Owen Hart's brother died, it was oh, about Brent the time Hart's I was brother. watching. Actually, actually Owen Hart. Owen Hart did die. Yeah. His, yep. uh, the brother of Bret Hart. Oh, then Owen Hart. Then there you go. My bad. See, uh, that's what, he, yeah. Cause he jumped off the thing and landed and yeah. Yep. Uh, that was around the time I was watching. I was watching with this great big guy named Paul. Uh, that yeah, he was a a roadie for conventions. Carney. <laughs> well, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I love that lifestyle. I I literally my goal after having left the post office a few years ago is to make it into a Carney lifestyle where I'm not just traveling and showing up and meeting people, but I'm doing it with a briefcase to sell them something they don't need. <laughs> I mean, I do sell gourmet lollipops, man. I can hook you up with a run of Big Tim's fancy AF lollipops. Tell me about this. So a couple of years ago, uh, I uh, I was in a pretty bad mood, but I, I still had to do a set. And I stopped at a Walgreens and they had lollipops uh, buy one or buy you know, like two for a dollar. Right. And uh, I was eating this lollipop and I didn't want to stop eating it when I got on stage. So I just ate it on stage and I said, 
uh, fuck you, I'm going to eat this lollipop, none of you are big enough to stop me, or some something to that effect. And uh, I had that in my pocket, and some girl out back after the show told me I was real funny and asked me if she could buy that other lollipop. And I said, yeah, I guess. And she said, I'll give you a dollar for it. So I started selling lollipops I bought at the store. <laughs> and, uh, and I reached out to the company that made them. Uh, because I, So a Walgreens by the Milk District in Orlando, where I where the Bull and Bush is, the comedy club that I... It's not a comedy club, it's a bar, but... They ordered accidentally uh, five cases of the lollipops, and they normally only sold about one every three months, right? My so God. I made a deal with the manager to get them for basically five lollipops for a dollar, which is just about wholesaling them things, right? And then you, so I had the store bought lollipops. Go ahead. And then you're turning these things over for a dollar a piece. You're making a hell of a profit. Yeah, and I would say, you know, well, actually, I sold them for 75 cents, but I don't make change, so they're basically a dollar. And I wouldn't make change at all. So if people came up to me with a 20 or a 5 or a 10, they either got that many lollipops or they just got one lollipop and they gave them that money. And uh, it worked real well. I sold a lot of lollipops all the time, right? Um, so Big Tim's Gourmet Lollipops are actually lollipops, another brand's lollipops that you were buying oh, no. and repurposing. No, that's how it started, friend. <laughs> how it started. You asked me how it started. You didn't ask me what I do now. Uh, I reached out to that company that offered to buy like $3,000 worth if they had my face on it. And they kind of dicked me around. And I went out west for a month doing this, you know, anytime about the Cardi lifestyle, I went out and I kind of got... Stuck, it, the trip went longer than it was supposed to and all, and I got stuck out west for a little while. But I came back, and I asked uh, one of my best friends in the world, Jackie Mick, of uh, Mickey and Mick, uh, my lollipop partners, I was like, hey, you like making stuff, and you love candy, make me lollipops to sell. And she said, ask this other place in town first, and if they say no, then I'll do it. By the way, we were all real drunk on champagne in her swimming pool celebrating me coming back from out west. And then I reached out to that company in town, and they said, talk to us in the fall. Fall came, and they didn't get back to me, so we started making gourmet lollipops. I love that the entire, uh, the entire thing started with you were in a bad mood and ended with gourmet lollipops. I just didn't want to stop sucking the lollipop. But <laughs> I wanted the rush of the endorphins of doing the set. So now um, we've sold them for going on three years now, four years. We won an award from the Orlando Weekly for Best Local Sucker uh, for White Male Tears, one of the flavors we make, uh, which is, is, is salted almond vanilla with justice. Is there a lot of competition for that award? Uh, no, that was made for us. Oh, well, that's cool. It was an editorial thing. There wasn't a Best Candy, so they put that in for us for, the, for that particular flavor, White Male Tears. Yeah. <laughs> white Male Tears. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rear view mirror. That's where you can put on your makeup. You get a, you can get plenty of that uh, from the new Star Wars fans. Uh, you can, uh, but I've also made I made a, a, a thoughts and prayers lollipop that didn't have any flavor, but we donated the, <laughs> but we donated the profits from it. Uh, we charged five bucks for it. And we gave the three bucks to like individual, like when the uh, what was it, Hurricane Irma really fucked up Puerto Rico. We gave yeah. it to one Puerto Rican family we knew. You know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I make a, I don't make any of them. Jackie does all the hard part, but I do the, I like carnival bark and get people to come buy them. 
Right. We do pretty, we do damn pretty good lollipops, man. She makes all the extracts from scratch, uh, except for like the cherry flavor that we, you know, for like kids. But we've made everything from blueberry pop tart that was made with a blueberry pop tart to bourbon barrel aged bacon lollipop had bacon in it. To I mean, she's made all kinds of weird shit. Vietnamese coffee with real Vietnamese coffee that still had caffeine in it. Yeah. It's Ooh. fascinating, too, that like with sodas and lollipops and candy and all that stuff like that, like how they figured out how to fool the, the flavors. Oh, yeah, it's wild. To fool your senses into being like, yeah, this lollipop tastes like chicken and waffles. In our case, though, what we do is we put those ingredients into a uh, extract, into an alcohol solution and literally break it down. So it is that flavor as we make an extract from the actual essence of that stuff. So when we made blueberry Pop-Tart, it spent eight weeks in an alcohol solution to be blueberry Pop-Tart flavored. Good Lord. <laughs> I, would, I would think a blueberry Pop-Tart would go bad within, I don't know, the first week or two. No, you reduce it to an alcohol serum. But have you not been listening? I am listening, but I'm not a scientist. There's no air, man. It can't go bad because there's no air. The alcohol dispersed all there. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm a wild, wonderful person and all, but isn't this a wrestling thing? Didn't y'all want to talk to me about uh, a wrestler I met for a while back in the day? Yeah, so for people who are listening and are wrestling fan of... Uh... New Jack. New Jack. Legendary ECW wrestler. Uh, physical appearance, scary. Also uh, part of one of the most legendary fan <laughs> altercations. Would you call it that? <laughs> yeah. Situations of all time. The mass transit incident, which people can find readily with the Google search. You met him on the uh, stand-up comedy circuit, right, Tim? Oh, yeah. He started doing comedy uh, years ago, like when I was one or two years in. And he did comedy pretty consistently for a couple months because uh, I guess a reality show, he was shopping around a reality show and part of it was that. Um, and I didn't know who he was and he told me to Google him one day and he gave me his phone number and I Googled him and I said, holy shit, man, you got your own Wikipedia page. And he thought that was hysterical. So me and him were, were pretty tight friends there for a little while. Does he live in the area or was he living in the area at that time? I think I think he was living in the area at that time because he just kind of disappeared one day. Um, well, he was dating this uh, this former vixen or something. I can't remember what her name was, uh, but she was she almost looked like Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife. <laughs> she was like blonde and and old. All respect to Miss Bounty Hunter, of course. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, fuck her. She she's weirdo. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's a good thing her name's not Bobby. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But uh, but New Jack, yeah, he uh, he his forehead man is real scary. <laughs> right, yeah. that's a hardcore wrestling man. He's yeah. the kind of guy that you have to contend with in the uh, third annual Big Tim Murphy blows off a thousand dollars in fireworks when we bring in the hardcore wrestlers. Right. I don't. I, I think I'm gonna skip that. I I think I probably just get a girl I went to high school with that does the uh, the NXT or whatever uh, to come out instead of New Jack, but. New Jack, uh, New Jack, though, he was he was actually pretty funny, but he had a commanding stage presence. Absolutely. So we did. A, it's There's a little chain in Orlando called Graffiti Junction. They make like standard burger fair stuff, you know, like sports bar stuff. And they were having one in a, a kind of ritzy area of Orlando, the Thornton Park, you know, like the kind of spot where there's no parking, you know, to make any sense. Like it's downtowny. Sure. And uh they decided they were going to have an open mic for a little while. 
and uh, New Jack came to that open mic, and there were some people there being a little louder than they should, and uh, he got up on a table, and he said, I've killed before, and I'll kill again. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And uh, That's how you handle a heckler. <laughs> yes. Because y'all know he's a bounty hunter, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say, didn't he, before he went into professional wrestling, or while he was a professional wrestler, he I mean, was he, bounty hunting? I don't think he ever stopped bounty hunting, because he had bounty hunter, uh, he had a jacket that said bounty hunter in the car and all, and he... he uh, Oh, so that's like wherever he travels and wrestles, he's also bounty hunting during the day. <laughs> right. I would not be surprised. What? I would not be surprised. I, I, him and I were texting for a while, but I inadvertently uh, pissed him off by, I think I actually sent screenshots to Sonny. I accidentally roundabout implied, hey, will you sell me naked pictures of the woman you think you love or whatever that you love? Because uh, <laughs> I said, hey, you got anything I could sell to TMZ? I didn't mean like that. I was also doing a bit, and he did not like that at all. Right. He didn't realize that you were not, you were separating business and comedy 100%. And yes. in his mind, that doesn't separate. Well, we, he, we were, he was, he thought I was asking for naked pictures of his, of the woman he liked or the woman he loved or whatever. <laughs> uh, but I was more like, can I, I don't know. I was also doing a bit. I wouldn't tell TMZ anyways, but he, uh, he shrugged it off and all, but. If he didn't like me, he probably would have fucking beat my ass next time he saw me. He has that reputation. Uh, I, does he? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever seen him in person? I have never met him in person, no. But from, from the stories that I've read and from the, the videos of his wrestling that I've, I've seen, yeah. he, he does seem like a guy who will beat your ass out of yeah, you know take his out. word if he tells me he's gonna beat my ass he can beat my ass he's gonna beat my exactly. ass exactly yeah. well like you said you look at you look at his forehead and it's all chewed up from all the hardcore wrestling but the staples man he he was telling us about he he would just staple in his forehead yeah. <laughs> and, and he did a bit about it it did never really land um <laughs> but he tried you know that's where I feel he would have a really hard time, right? Is making his bits land because you know he's got great stories. Oh, he does. I, natural, yeah. like you said, he's he's face intimidating. So from the audience, you're like, ha, 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 like kind of pulling your collar, like yeah. kind of afraid of the man because you're not understanding that this is a guy who's playing the character of a clown telling his stories. But when he takes that nose off, he might staple something to your head, right? If he's going to staple something to his own. Maybe, but I will, I will tell you this, man, I got uh, a lot of respect for the dude because he could have just jumped into doing clubs. Right. But he was at open mics, just grinding, man. And you know, while he's not like the most world famous guy or whatever, but he definitely could have done, he could have handled sea level clubs, no trouble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he even said he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna take this serious. I'm gonna start from the bottom. I'm gonna work my way up." And I was like, "All right, man. Uh, I wouldn't, but whatever." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of a fascinating thing that's going on in, in comedy clubs, like in the last ten years or something like that. It's a lot of wrestlers are finding that they can continue they can move into doing comedy clubs and all they have to do is like tell you about their lives because their lives are so crazy and insane anyways and if they're even halfway entertaining you're going to be entertained just by the story wrestling fans are such nerds that they will show up at least that first time right so it's like you sort of you have the 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 hook already baited real man real slow 
what the hell was that? <laughs> That's a badger from a regional auto commercial from about 10 years ago. All and, right. uh, He's perfect because he's like the sleazy car salesman character, okay. uh, which is basically what every carny is on some level, right? Um, yeah, and every comedy club booker too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, business people, right? You have either either ethical or unethical, but it all comes down to, like you were saying, New Jack. He, you as a comedian, respect the fact that he followed the same path you did, which is you go and you chop the wood and you do the time. We yeah. every week we roll out a podcast. This is very rarely are we like spinning magic. But we're taking a look at the ingredients each time we do this and saying, how can we turn this experience into magic next time? Yeah. And, you know, he could have straight up just skipped all that. I mean, Mick Foley, I don't think, ever went to open mics. Right. Exactly. And he he headlined the uh, Orlando Improv. A buddy of mine opened for him and said he was fantastic. Got him tickets that uh, because what's that NXT tapes here at the Full Sail? Yes. Very prominent in the wrestling world. Yeah, I'm pretty good friends with that uh, Seth Petrozelli guy via, like, internet stuff. Like, we're not friends in real life, but as far as media appearances, we do a similar orbit. Uh, he works out there, and, uh, yeah, it, wrestling is really big, man. Really big. But I think everyone knows that because they're listening to a wrestling podcast, aren't they? Well, I mean, we're not We're not really big. Sorry, the computer started doing something really weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know y'all are not really big. <laughs> That's interesting, though. I'm curious, uh, being a comic, when you see that a lot of these wrestlers are uh, coming into the comedy clubs, do you see more opportunity for yourself? Or does it feel like they're kind of like taking space away from that you could be having? So there are some comics who don't like it and they, they kind of frown upon it. I could give a shit less. I actually think it's a good thing, like you're saying, because it does create more opportunities. Because frankly, I get to headline the Orlando Improv on a night I book on an off night. Mick Foley gets to do a Thursday night, you know, he it's a special engagement, $25 ticket thing or whatever. My night, you can say, hey, baby, at the box office and get him free. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so he, him and I aren't really competing for gigs, and really the people he's competing for gigs for at that, like, the improv level. Now, uh, you know, a dude that uh, is not necessarily as famous and maybe he's doing, like, a off-night bar show, if he's taking that, then I'd be concerned. But what a lot of times they're doing is they're creating a gig, you know, because uh, some of them dudes come and do them Q&As, and it's on an off-night. It's on a night the club isn't open. So right. that's literally a spot for a host or an MC that wouldn't have been there otherwise, you know? Yeah, like I would think it would give somebody like yourself an opportunity to come in and warm up the crowd and get in front of a bunch of eyes that normally wouldn't get to see you. Yeah, and, but also the club's going to cut you a check, man. So don't discount that extra night of work. Yeah. I'm throwing the gauntlet down here, Tim. What, what do you have planned for this year? And if you don't have anything planned yet, I want you to pull something out of your ass and I want to put it, I want you to put it on the wall because I need more big Tim Murphy material. And I, 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 I don't see enough of it is what I'm saying. You're not wrong. What can you promise me? In, invoke your inner carny. What's right. 2020 going to bring the world from big Tim Murphy? Well, is this show going to go out tonight or tomorrow or it's going to be a couple of weeks. Actually, I will let you know. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Then I can announce this and it won't have broken. I'm actually hosting. Well, I'm not, I'm producing a show with Jordan rock, who is Chris rocks, little brother at the central Florida fair. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, the last weekend in February, that is a prelude to the Florida County festival. That's going to happen at the central Florida fairgrounds in Orlando. 
in uh, towards the end of this year. So I got that happening. That's a big thing. So you, are, are you going to be performing as well? No, I don't really. I don't want to. It. Uh, I'm putting the thing on. You know. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? It's. It doesn't really count if you if you paid for his airfare. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to book himself. You pretty much, yeah. I also don't want the stress of having to book myself. If I have to worry about performing well and having the event go right. Now at the fest, I'll do some time, but at this thing, I'm not going to do no time at this thing. Um, it feels weird to just book yourself. <laughs> I book I book myself at least twice a week. I, I try, I try. It's hard. And then uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm trying uh, uh, again. You said a couple of weeks. I am taping a uh, reality show documentary thing to come out. Probably at the end of this year. I'm starting Saturday. Don't have a definitive title or anything yet, uh, but it's going to be on me trying to lose a bunch of weight, but also talk about the way the media and movies and stuff portrays fat people. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, I just uh, it, there's a, it's uh, tentatively going to be titled TV Fat, right? Because uh, there's fat and then there's TV Fat. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, when Seth Rogen was the real fat guy, he really wasn't that fat. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Uh, and I'm not saying that we need more fat people on TV, but it's also, there's just, there's a lot of, uh, we live in basically a nutritional dark age in this country right now. And uh, I'm supposed to use my willpower to overcome multinational corporations' budgets of millions of dollars to make me horribly addicted and advertise straight to me, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And it's a little, it's a little tough, man. You know, it's a little tough. No, I think that's an interesting message, and it's a, it's certainly a valid perspective that I think is worth sharing with the world. I can appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, you know, who knows how far it gets. Uh, I'm filming with some people the first thing Saturday, and I got an editor lined up and all, and who knows where it ends up going. Uh, it might turn into a Kickstarter thing to get some money to finish the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, the early part's just going to be funded by kind of just filming at events where they're already going to be at where with me, you know? Um, cool. Cause I'm going to be at a charity foot golf tournament well before this aired. So it, uh, it already happened. <laughs> well, I, I heard you mention that you have uh, someone you went to school with that is involved in NXT. I think I want to bring you back sometime later in the year and mind that a little bit and see how things are going. Oh, I'm down and I'll, I'll even try and get you in touch with her if you want. Uh, I don't remember what her wrestler name is. <laughs> That's all right. I don't have her wrestler thing on my Facebook. She's like, like my actual friend from high school. I got to say, Tim, I'm I'm really happy we got to talk to you because y- your life is fascinating. Like I said earlier, like every time you would answer a question, it would lead me mentally to more questions. Uh, yeah, it, it can be tough. I apologize for that, friend. You, I keep telling him that he should do a daily podcast, but we haven't seen that quite yet. Right. Well, it's the it's the kind of thing like you hear of you hear all the stories of like Florida Man, mm-hmm. but then I hear about uh, Tim's life, and and Florida Man seems like yeah, that stuff probably that that, seems, that <laughs> stuff probably happens on a daily. That's hey, that's just public records. That's just that's just very strong public access laws for records here, man. The same <laughs> shit happens everywhere else. Uh, right. People people do math everywhere else, but also remember. Florida is where everyone comes to. If you don't want to be in the cold no more, you come to Florida. Absolutely, man. All the original carnies. Yeah, yeah, their, literally. The uh, winter home in Florida. Not too far from me, actually, um, where I live in Deland. 
they got a yeah, the circus people lived in the place like twenty minutes from here. Oh wow. That's next time I come. Yeah, they got their old um uh what's it called? Casadega, I think, where they all live, plus with all the spiritualists and stuff. Um it's where all the old uh you know three legged boys and shit lived. Yeah, the corner. Oh my God, whoever, whoever like the the corner beer store in that area is must have the stories. Oh, probably, probably not. They're, they're all getting old now, so I bet you you go find the person who used to run it, and they get you real weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Tim. Man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I I appreciate you having me. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, disseminate? Throw on the tape. I mean, uh, search for this week in chicken sandwiches. My podcast. Should be back all the time by then, because uh, I get my truck back soon. So who knows? But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, thanks for having me, boys. And uh, you're going to share all the stuff I sent you before, right? Uh, so otherwise, we'll be good to go. Cool, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I will go ahead and do that. I might be able to find where New Jack posted on my Facebook wall. He's going to bring midget strippers to my house, but it was so <laughs> long ago. Uh, was that was that a, a positive or was that a threat? Oh, 100% positive. He was telling like. I don't remember what it was. It might even be MySpace, man. It was so long ago. I think it was Facebook, though. Um, he was just like, ah, Big Tim's the man. I'm going to bring all, I'm going to bring a bunch of midget strippers out or some shit. I don't remember. My birthday <laughs> thing. Uh, he never followed up, though. He came in the scene and he he burned real intense. And then I think that show didn't work out and he was like, fuck comedy. So, but yeah. He went, he went back to bounty hunting. I think he did, actually. Yeah. I swear to God, he's like reverse Batman. A day like, in the during life. the day, he's fighting for justice, but then at night is when he puts on the Bruce Wayne gas. Yeah, he puts on tiny underwears and staples his forehead. <laughs> right. I, I will tell y'all, man, I've I've been nervous at shows or open my before, but when he told those people that wouldn't shut up, I've killed before and I'll kill again. <laughs> I think he even pulled his bounty hunter badge and said, I got three justifiable homicides. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, Tim. Thanks for having me, boys. I'll, uh, I'll talk I'm, to y'all later on. I will definitely hit you up when we're about to post this. And uh, if you ever want to work on something uh, remotely, I am here for it. Hey, man, I'm down. Uh, I'll actually hit you up about that here uh, before too long, man. Awesome, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to hang up on this thing. Sweet. Have a great night and be safe, brother. You too. Thanks, man. Man, Big Tim Murphy, what a fascinating dude. Super fun, right? <laughs> his, uh, his podcast is called... Uh, what, This Week in Chicken Sandwiches? Yes, I think because he, said. he is a, he's a connoisseur of the local chicken right. sandwich. And that once again, that goes back to what he was talking about, is that uh, like he's a very at-face-value kind of guy. Yes, so you 100%. see that his podcast is called This Week in Chicken Sandwiches. You think, no way. There's no way this is just a podcast about chicken sandwiches. And it is. Well, it just is. more. I'm still on the phone. I can't... I can't <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can't her off the phone. Uh, it, it is, and it's not. It's just fun thing. I like chicken sandwich. I, I mostly eat a chicken sandwich once a week. Um, so now I'm actually gonna hang up, boys. Sorry, I'm jumping back. Hey, in, hey, big Tim. Hey, friends. All right. I just gonna turn my phone off. <laughs> oh, it's not gonna get any better than that, Shawnee. Where can people find us online? <laughs> 
Uh, people can find us over uh, the One Fall Show Facebook group, Facebook page. You can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.Constant. Yep, I'm over on Twitter at uh, Chizuck Bean. And, of course, you can hear both of these sterling voices talking about horror movies every week during Talk Horror to Me. And I'm also in the Nerd Radio Podcast on WRIF.com. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have fun. Be safe. Don't fuck with New Jack when he is trying to tell his jokes. He'll put you in a hole. Yeah, I know y'all are not really big.